Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. I am joined, as always, each and every week by the Irish curse himself, Mr. Kevin Patrick. (laughs) We are officially on the road to WrestleMania. And without any further ado, joining us on this first leg of our journey, a man with WrestleMania plans of his own. He is the winner of the men's 2023 Royal Rumble match, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Cody, good morning. Thanks for taking time to hang out here on ATB. Oh, well, good morning to you. And it is still it is still surreal uh, hearing that. I just heard it in the hallway a few times here. I'm at the headquarters, and congratulations, congratulations. And it is not fully sunk in what, it, what I'm even being congratulated for. And that's is very special. The Royal Rumble being one of my favorite matches of all time, and that to be able to come back there. That's the return, the Royal Rumble, the biggest one ever in the Alamo Dome. I can remember watching Shawn Michaels and Sid with that 85-minute long cover at the end. With the camera, right? And Jose yeah. Lothario, I remember Super that. Super kick, yeah. camera. And for sure, he's going to kick out. Shawn's taken 17 minutes to cover him. <laughs> he still didn't kick out, and I was pumped because I love Shawn Michaels. Still do. But yeah, to, to come back in the Alamo Dome. Something about Texas. Something about Texas. So we had known for weeks in the lead up to the Royal Rumble match that you were going to be a participant. We have seen, it's been very well documented, your recovery, your journey from suffering a torn pec last year. What did it feel like when you stepped through the entrance in front of 51,000 people live in the Alamo Dome and millions around the world to truly begin the next chapter of your story? What was going through your mind in that moment? I think it's a combination of two things were really happening as far as I was very concerned that I returned better than I, than I left in terms of physical, in terms of form. But also there's a couple factors that go into the rumble that aren't typically something you'd think about. For one, you're sliding into a hostile territory already in terms of that ring. There's guys in there who have been going and they've been rocking. You're sliding in, you're on the run, sliding in. So A, when you're walking 60 or 70 yards, whatever it is, you got to think about you're getting right into action. Specifically, that was something that was on my mind. And then the other side is the part you're talking about, the the moment, you know, that 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 wall of sound that really happens when there's something that the wrestling fans and the WWE universe and the audience wants. And in this case, the call being that we were letting them know I was coming in advance and then they were waiting for it. And I'm never going to take that for granted that they were waiting. And then they enjoyed it so much when I was able to show up and uh, that enjoyment is mutual. I very much wanted to take them in. Uh, Somebody might've told me you need to be running out there and there was no way I was going to be running just, just, just straight up. I, I needed to see them a little bit. Plus I had the, the unbelievable luck of drawing number 30 um, when I thought I'd be coming in much earlier, but that was just a beautiful, beautiful moment to see them um, and to be able to really walk through them. You know, that's just a special entrance, the way the rumble is to be able to, to walk through them and kind of engage them all eye to eye, eye to eye. I could wax poetic forever about how great it felt, but I, I have to admit, and we were talking about this off the air. I did, I did commit what I'd call kind of a cardinal sin in the wrestling game. And, and that's, uh, and my, my dad would be really irked if he knew this. I did not walk the arena earlier in the day. I did not walk the ramp. 
I did not get in the ring. I was very much uh, held behind doors. And because of that, I will admit, I have no clue, and I still have not figured it out. I didn't know where the hard cam was. And, buddy, <laughs> I, I tried, and then at a certain point, I, I just figured it, I had found it, but then the sign was that way, and I figured, nope, that can't. So I really was just looking to get all, let's just get all four. Let's just hit all four let's just, let's just Let's just get all four. And I, that was one of those, okay, welcome back, because that's something you absolutely have to cover. That's part of being a professional. Like, put, right, your face, right. put your face to the camera, and here I am claiming to be one of the world's top professionals and just, yeah, I would have got a kick in the ass from uh the old man and my brother for that matter. But it, it didn't, in in the case of WWE, there's a thousand cameras who captured every second of it. And um, they got to capture the sweetest second of it. And that's when Gunther went over the top rope and being able to to punch this ticket, like we talked about on Raw, to punch a ticket that just, it's just now, you know, setting in with me. Well, you mentioned Gunther and I'd be remiss to not ask after the emotions have sort of slowed down for the moment, after you've had a few seconds to bask in the, in the moment and the adulation of the live crowd, now it's time to get down to business. You're in the ring. The ring is filling up. And here's the Intercontinental Champion, Gunther, a big, nasty son of a gun in every sense of the word. What did it feel like the first time Cody Rhodes was afflicted by a Gunther chop on a surgically repaired peck? Well... I can't tell you it felt good. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I can tell you, though, that's the moment where I felt like I was truly back. And it wasn't the first chop. I believe, uh, I believe a back suplex, and I, and I was able to kind of land on my feet with it. I was able to pop to my feet. And when I turned around, when he turned around, I thought I had him. But he had me with another one of those very flat, uh, stop your motion. Those types of chops are very specific. That one that he got me with was where I felt like I'm, I'm back because as, as, as you know, a a wrestler yourself. And and as, as you know, some of us like the pain and that's, that's a weird thing to say, but that's. You need to know that you're in a fight. Right. Some of us, I, I had blood in my mouth from something earlier. I was already, then this chop came and that is where I felt I'm, I'm back in it. This is, this is what I do. It is essentially what I was born to do. And gosh, as much as it hurt so bad, it also felt so good. The next 50 chops or whatever didn't give me the same <laughs> Not quite respo- as enjoyable. <laughs> the same response, but that specific was, I felt like, okay, well, welcome back. Um, and um, I have, I don't know Gunther on a, on a personal level. I know I've made fun of the, the name uh, in the past. Um, I, I know that maybe there was a little, you know, bad blood perhaps because of that. But I can say this, that looks like something that I, I could see myself revisiting. I can see that happening again in terms of a a one-on-one encounter with the current intercontinental champion who I believe just broke my record. Um, Not to mention he broke the Royal rumble record, but he broke my record as days with the intercontinental championship. But that's the type of uh, athlete next level elite athlete that I, I would love to wrestle anywhere in the United States. And specifically, I would love to wrestle him in Europe because I feel like in Europe, it's an away game for me. It's hostile. And I, I'd be all about that just because 
I think there might be part of him that thinks I had already gone an hour, hour, and I and I was still able to hold it with you in there until I eliminated him. I want him to know that that I, I think I have his number as much as he has mine. But again, right now, I can't say enough superlative items about about the current Intercontinental Champion. I, I said it to Ryan Sadden backstage and Kathy Kelly backstage. His future is is massive, but you hear that, and that's almost like, oh, his future, his present is also yes. is also massive. Uh, yes, we are living. Yeah, we're living it, and um, uh, I'll, I could use a few weeks before I'm living it uh, again. But uh, <laughs> certainly, uh, I look forward to a one on one encounter, and I really would like to wrestle him in Europe. I'd love to wrestle him there in Europe and see what that feels like. Amazing insight. One hour and 11 minutes plus Gunther in the ring at the Royal Rumble. Quite astonishing. The burning question I have here, and I'd love your insight on this, Cody. Can you enjoy it in the moment? You're talking about taking your time to enter the ring and all that's going through your mind after such a long absence recovering from a grueling injury. Can you actually enjoy it at the age you're at now and the experience you have? Or are you so focused on things like the hard cam and and like the presence of a Gunther <laughs> that's staring you in the face, can you enjoy that moment? Oh, I, um, I more, I, I mean, Kevin, I, I more than enjoyed it, and and it is my experience, which is why I enjoyed it. I, I know the industry can break your heart a lot, but the reason we keep playing the music is because of what it does when it's the opposite, when it fills you up. And I was gonna, I absolutely was able to to feel that and take that in and those concerns I had about the hard cam or these technical elements of it, they were gone at that point because I had just done something that I think 3% of the people who have ever worked for World Wrestling Entertainment have been able to do and one of my personal favorite matches to be able to win it. Now, all that said, the work is the work isn't done. I feel like I told everyone that when I came backstage. Yeah, I was smiling and I was very uh, sincerely happy. But the work isn't done. This is this is the beginning. In terms of, this has been a very long journey for me. But now, now we're on the road. You know, what is it, fifty something days? Uh, we're on the road here um, to the biggest WrestleMania of all time. This is the biggest WrestleMania of all time, and I. Uh, just saying it. No right? pressure. <laughs> Just saying it. And then thinking, I mean, I, I know that, you know, you guys on, on after the bell, we can talk a little bit more freely. And so, I, I mean, you have to understand, like, I was competing with WWE not too long ago. And my dad competed with WWE for an, an entire decade. The irony that in the main event is me. I don't know if it's irony or if it's just, the strangest manifest destiny and ever. And Michael Cole, he said, uh, he said, finish the story and how he said it. I'll never forget how he said it. Um, I don't watch a lot of my stuff back, but I watched that back and it was like, he was telling me to finish the story and uh, very special. And also Kevin, I, I want to, uh, how long have you been doing raw now? Commentary, Kevin, 15 weeks. 15 weeks. I want you to know, like, go, go for it, man. Like, like that is not a tough, I mean, that is not an easy gig. My gosh, that is not an easy gig that you, you have. And in this world of social media and people jumping on everybody, like I've been there in terms of, I, man, you just do your thing. 
just 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 Kevin Patrick all the way to the freaking end zone here, man. Like it's not an easy gig that you have, and you're you're one of the voices of the of the flagship show. So a congratulations, and b just keep putting it in the damn end zone, man. Like this. You know, I'm picking on myself about the hard cam. Everyone's getting on to everybody about this, that every week. That's how we grow. I don't know what this is a mo- if this is a motivational talk or whatnot, but I just, I just got a good vibe from Kevin. I get a I'm good ready vibe. to run through a wall right now. I get, a good vi- <laughs> I get a good vibe from Kevin, and I feel like he's young, and people want to. Hey, man, I, I, I've heard it all. Right? It's part. It's how we grow. We, we choose. You know. You get on social media and you hear stuff like, don't body shame, don't do this. Gosh, guys, we make all this money to put ourselves up in the spotlight. The fans can do what they want, right? We're like, let them, don't give them a, don't give them a strict bylaws of how to attend a show. My, my grandpa, the, the plumber, he, that's what he did. He went to shows to try and fight the wrestlers, you know, like this, <laughs> you know, the, we get, we get to live our dreams and be in the spotlight. Kevin, you're in the the spotlight and just own it, man. Every week. Like I, uh, I've been, I've been enjoying, you know, it's hard to watch when you're away, but you have to watch, you have to see, and you, and you have to see the guys who are kicking, you know, they're really going for it because that's going to be your competition when you come back. But I don't know how we got on this. A lot of it stems from, I, I like seeing you on the show and not Vic. <laughs> that's probably the primary reason that the yeah. pro- process was Stop occurring. it, I, gentlemen. I yeah, I think that's where it started, right? <laughs> Stop it. But on those kind words, Cody, it means more than you'll know uh, coming from you. Thank you. And it's it was an honor to call your match on Monday night with Finn Balor, um, to see you backstage, to see the the grace that you have in your return and how you deal with everybody backstage. And obviously everybody knows what you're like after your matches in greeting, you know, every single member of the WWE universe that was in <laughs> Tulsa on the night. And you do so each and every week. So um, you're an inspiration, Cody. Genuinely, thank you for the kind words. It's been a lot. It's meant a lot. And I've talked about this on the show. Corey's crunchy on the outside, but he's really soft on the inside. And he's been helping me out more than anybody will ever know on commentary. So I'm following his lead there. That's because Corey's a real wrestler. Real wrestler is the, you got to pull your brother up and then you got to reach up when you need to be pulled up. That's, that's, that's it, man. That's, 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 that's what we do. And I, I like to, I like to take my time at the end of the night. I do feel bad for Jason Jordan though. Cause sometimes <laughs> it goes into overtime where we're paying the bill then thousands of dollars and I'm still out there and they're get So every now and then he's got to come and give me, give me the hook. So we're also Jason, fighting an ice storm in Tulsa. Right. We're fighting an ice storm too. But if Jason <laughs> comes out there, guys, don't get, don't get too mad at him. They, they put me on a clock sometimes afterwards. And I, I typically go over. <laughs> well, we're talking about how you kept an eye on things during your time away. How did you prepare differently? Coming back in a Royal Rumble match, which is a very different environment. You mentioned uh, you wanted to be in better physical condition than when you had left. What was that process like as you were gearing up to return? There was kind of a defining uh, moment in all of this. I was I was right into PT, right out of the gate. So Dugas cuts me open, does the surgery on me. Great. You know, the best surgeon in the world, Dr. Dugas. And then immediately I go to Kevin there at Champions in Birmingham where, you know, he had helped Hunter with the quad. And as I transfer back home, I get with Brian Tovin, sports rehabilitation. And that's what I was doing, PT, two, three times a week, as much as I possibly could be doing. But PT is there to fix what's been hurt. The rest of you, at a certain point, you know, a couple months in, I'm trying to get back ahead of the schedule, ahead of this nine-month prognosis that I got. I had what I would say is a bit of an Adrian, Rocky, 
uh, on the beach, Rocky Three. Everyone thinks of Creed and Rocky running on the beach is a great moment. But the better moment for me is Adrian basically calling him out on his BS. Uh, you know, what are you afraid of? We've got money. We've got, I, I mean, I've seen it a thousand times. I had that moment with my wife with Brandy where she didn't tell me in a mean way, but she let me know that it, if I got back and I hadn't done everything right, I would be upset. I would be incomplete if I hadn't done everything right. So she loaned me her trainer, who I can't pronounce his, his last name, but I'm going to try Brad Kolowich or Kolowick. It does, you know what? Brad. Brad is his name. <laughs> He's amazing. He works in Atlanta. Uh, Brad and I started training. And then Brad hooked me up with his dietitian. And his dietitian mainly does bodybuilding, that being Jeff. And that's why I was able to, one of the, the noticeable things, I was glad glad people noticed that my suit pants don't fit anymore. But I was, I slipped under a week before the rumble. I slipped under 10% body fat for the first time in my career. And I had come down from 240. I had bulked up to 240. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Daddy was eating first. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I bulked up to 240 and then I got under the, I got under the 10% a week before the rumble. And I might've even been under, I was under 9.6% the day of the rumble, but fe- feeling healthy still feeling good and and have, having done everything with with Brian with Jeff and with with Brad that team that that Brandy loaned me and essentially pushed me towards I'll keep forever I keep adding people to the the nightmare family right they keep we keep printing jackets I keep adding people because your career becomes so big and special you can't call it your own anymore and uh I don't want to call it my own it's I have I have the greatest support group uh around me and uh I got to include DDP in that, of course, because the pinnacle of health is, you know, he could be 150 years old and I wouldn't He might know. be. I, we're not sure. I, he just doesn't age. He's a vampire. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you, that's that's the direction I need to get because I, I said this at the press conference after. Um, I, I don't I don't want to be 1B or 1C. I want to be 1A. I, I want to play quarterback. And in that case, as much as that's a nice thing to say, I also need to be reliable. And uh, that will require my body for as long as this contract goes. And uh, that's, uh, that's the plan. It's such a stark contrast from days of, days of old, particularly in your father and, and that generation. And basically all the generations leading up to this, where it was a very individual business. Everything was, everyone was out on their own. Uh, and and the, the concept of really taking care of your body was pretty foreign. It's only been in the last decade or so, this generation that has kind of realized, oh, I have a lot more longevity if I take care of my body, if I go get a massage, if I take care of myself and recover fully from these injuries. Do you think that that mentality would have led to more success in the past or is it just kind of the natural evolution of where things are? I think it's probably the natural evolution. That being because just like you're watching with um, the NFL and you're watching with all sports, essentially the game, the speed of the game, our game, the wrestling industry has picked up the danger and risk level has also clearly picked up. The the top rope and high risk elements has picked up. To be able to execute, perform, compete, however you look at it, it's the it is the it is the natural evolution. You can't in this day and age, and I don't I don't want to you know I think can't's okay to say in this case. You can't do it unless you're really taking care of yourself. And I was very much a dinosaur of a sense that I. When people would get hurt, I kind of, I honestly kind of looked at them like, come on. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit that, but I kind of thought like, come on, like, 
You're right. about it to have It was a this- very macho thing. You fight right. through the pain. You work hurt. Right. Oh, I'm, 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 my knee's blown out, but I got a payday and so-and-so. I got to go do this thing. A hun- like a hundred percent. And I do understand back then you could disguise it a hair more, but in this era, the speed of what we do, just the literal speed I'm talking about and the, the twitch and fast motions, um, it is, you can't disguise it. And if you are disguising it, it's not, you're not turning out the type of competition, the type of, of wrestling and violence that people are tuning in for, um, the type of sport that people are tuning in for. So those dinosaur ways of mine have completely gone by the wayside. I have experienced going under the knife now, having a surgery. I have experienced the rehab process of it. I have a whole new respect for that, that system and those who have gone through, it, especially younger wrestlers. I have a, a lot of nightmare factory and nightmare fitness. There have had some injuries early and I worry about them, but if they do all the things right, uh, I, I, I won't need to worry about them. What other steps do you take to, to reach that high performance throughout your life? Because I get the sense from you, from even, even a simple thing like living in Atlanta where you can get direct flights everywhere you go to, to how you approach your day on a daily basis to reach that high performance. I'd imagine there's world-class basics within every part of your day that you have to accomplish to get to where you want to be. I'll give you a real, I'll give you a real snobby, pretentious uh, answer that Corey might know is coming. Uh, get a bus, get a bus. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, uh, I was a rental car cat, you know, getting four guys in a car and the experience of driving around and not getting much sleep because you're driving potentially three to five hours uh, over the course of the weekend. Um, but now I have, I have been privy to the bus lifestyle and I've got a full fridge, uh, with all my meal prep, I've got everything on there to keep me uh, at the level that I need to be. And I have to thank WWE for that because, they, they know the experience I've had, again, been doing this and doing it for WWE on the road since I was 21. So they treated me like a high-level athlete who needed these things. And I have to hats off to WWE for giving me that. But that's a, a big, big part of it. I always, but I'll say this though, all right? I'll say this. And like the direct flights is another one, right? I'll, I did. So I get on my bus and one night when my first jaunt here before the injury, I saw a couple dudes. It was Otis and Gable. They were getting in an SUV as two other cats with them. And they just looked like they were having the time of their life. And I, I was like, Hey, you know, if you guys want to come on the bus, you know, like there's, you know, I got a fridge and like there's TV and stuff like that. And they're just nice, kindly like, Oh yeah. You know, we don't want to impose got in the car and drove away. And then I sauntered onto my bus alone and thought like, oh, I wish I could be. I wonder who they're burying in that car. I wonder. That's I wonder. There, yeah, you there's need something that. Something to the you know? camaraderie. <laughs> I, I tell KP this all the time about of all as as crazy as the schedule was at one point. Right. I miss when it was Monday, Tuesday TV tapings because sometimes you would have the pay per view Sunday, Raw Monday, SmackDown Tuesday, and those rides in between. And the crew that we had was just so special and you you knew you were laughing and, and that's where Vic and I bonded and, and Renee and the, the, the whole crew was just amazing. And when I look back, I don't miss the schedule. I don't miss calling eight hours of wrestling every week on my own, but I do miss the rides in between because that's such a, to me, it's such a valuable part of the business and it's pretty unique to ours. It's a valuable part of the business and also Kevin, you kind of hit on it, like staying in the game. Like, how do we do this as athletes? One thing we can say that's completely changed. Corey just mentioned it. The schedule's lessened yes. to where we have our we have our you know sometimes two live events per the weekend or whatever. But it is nothing like 
when I started out here initially, it is a far healthier schedule. Um, and I mean healthy in terms of you're able to get your competition and you're able to get your reps in, but not at not at an overkill level, right? You're you're able to be at the highest level each night that you're out there. But the getting in the car, one of the best parts of that camaraderie when you get in the car is no one in the car has experienced the same thing creatively. Someone's probably on a low, someone's on a high of highs. Somebody might be in the middle and that actually really helps bring the high, high back and the low, low back. That was a big, and I was riding with like Brian and uh, Seamus when I was riding with Wade. There were legit, I got both versions, the lowest of the low, the highest of the high. And that that was really nice to to balance one another out and kind of even one another out because in this uh in this game people can change as their place on the card changes and the best people don't change the best people are who they are uh first match or last match speaking of best people can i take you back a little bit i saw this tweet and i felt like we need to bring this forward from your beautiful wife brandy rhodes saying 11 years ago oh, wow. we had a private conversation in a tv hotel parking <laughs> lot it was a broken-hearted pipe dream, void of direction, but filled with hope. There were many setbacks, but now here he is pointing to the WrestleMania sign. Can you take us back? Because part of that secret sauce that I was trying to allude to maybe moments ago, the world-class basics, part of that, I'm sure, comes from Brandy Rhodes, your wife. Yeah, I, I'm always real careful how much uh, I talk about Brandy just because I get emotional talking about like anyone in my family, and it's I've been r- really good about maintaining. But yeah, I'll tell you this story. Ariel, Ariel Hawani slightly beat us to it because he wanted to know about this tweet too. And with this conversation, uh, I like Give Ariel. To Ariel to scoop me. Come on. I'm, well, I'm no, trying to be a journalist here. And, <laughs> Ariel's no, a good I, guy, right? I, I, he's all right. I, I got all the time for him. Yeah. He's always like, I notice he's always saying something. I'm like, man, I wish he'd back me. Like he's backing this dude. You know, like he's got like, when he gets on something, he's, he's, you want to run through a brick wall for him. Anyways, here's the full story. I'm at the TV hotel. It was a smaller market. We're at a Best Western, uh, which was the TV hotel, shockingly. And uh, not not knocking our Best Westerns out there, people. But anyways, I'm at this Best Western, and I'm sitting in the rental car with Brandy. It's freezing because we were in Scranton. It's freezing, freezing. And we were outside. Uh, the bus, a crew bus was right in front of us and had the rock and had the John Cena photo on it from the second mania. The second. So... We've already seen this bus for over a year now. With this story was encompassing really two years. This story from the, the the John versus Rock, the saga, and it was wonderful. But when you're on the card, not close to that, and at my level, I had been chipping away a little bit. I was brass rings here and there, brass rings here and there, but but I hadn't broken through by any means. And I just got so tired of seeing their dang faces. And I loved John. He was my role model in the business. He's a rental car guy with me until he got a bus. But I, 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 as much as I did, I just was getting so upset. And I told her, I was like, I can't keep looking at the same guys. I can't. I got out the, the car and I threw a Yoo-Hoo glass bottle up against beautiful Dwayne Johnson's face there might have been somebody sleeping on this crew bus for all I knew and shattered everywhere. And I just just stared at him like I wanted to fight this giant head on the side of this bus. And um, I, I just, I remember telling her like, you, you know, you marry, a, you marry a wrestler, you're marrying wrestling. And I, as, as 
as bad as this is, this is part of it. I, yeah, I got a cautionary tale, not yeah, advice. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get this out and getting it out for me ultimately would leave me. It would lead to me leaving was the only way I could get it out. It was pin up. It was pin up for too long. Um, you know, today you've got, you've got a medical team at WWE that includes mental health services. And I, I'm not saying that I was deep down the rabbit hole, but it's still so helpful to talk to somebody. Um, and uh, I only had other wrestlers to talk to, myself to talk to. And I, you never want to lower yourself in front of your beloved, in front of your wife. You, you never, you know, that was one of the hardest things for me was being stardust in front of Brandy. That was rough. When Brandy married Cody Rhodes, he was the Intercontinental Champion. He was wrestling Randy Orton every night, and we were absolutely tearing the joint down. Next thing you know, I'm uh, running around in a space space outfit, you know, and trying to make the best of it. But I was very dead inside. And also, to this day, don't know why I was drinking a yoo <laughs> Sometimes the urge just strikes, man. To this day. But yeah, I, uh, I apologize if I woke anybody up on that bus, man. But that was, that was we were right near critical mass on, okay, here's what I, because I remember the next conversation was, Here's what needs to happen happen next. And what I said needs to happen next, everyone told me not to do. But got to bet on ourselves wherever we are, and I needed to then. Well, you bet on yourself, and I don't know if it's sunk in just yet, but uh, it is very likely to be your face on said trucks and buses as we approach Los Angeles. And as we record this today, the logical other half of the truck would belong to the head of the table the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Now, mind you, there are still twists and turns on the lead up to WrestleMania. We still have Elimination Chamber in between. The only constant in this business is change. But from where we sit today, it is likely to be Rhodes, Reigns at WrestleMania. I got goosebumps just saying that out loud for the first time. The beginning of your entrance music is your voice saying, there is more than one royal family in wrestling. Was that an allusion to the Anawai family? Was this an intentional manifestation where you knew to get to where you want to be and to make Rhodes the top name on the marquee once again? It's got to run through the bloodline. It Was that intentional or was this happenstance? Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's applicable now so much. Um, when I said that, the bloodline wasn't, you know, because that music's been with me for since... Since I went on my way. Sure and, I, and, sure. and WWE was kind enough to understand that I have to keep it. It's, it's the part of the lyrics till the end. Um, so when I remember, you know, wrestling as more than one royal family, when I, I said it, the bloodline wasn't a thing yet. Roman was a thing and growing and evolving and truly has become, if people ever want to know the difference between the superstar and the wrestler, he is. That is that is a WWE superstar. I mean, just I can't say enough. The scene with Sammy so terrible in terms of what went down at the end of the Royal Rumble. Yet I speak about Roman with a great deal of respect because there is no one currently better. He is the biggest superstar in the WWE, but in the wrestling space. So in sports entertainment, in wrestling, in combat sports, wherever you want to put it. When I said it, it came from a little bit of a place of you know, there's all these wonderful families. Uh, of course, the the McMahon family, um, the Guerreros, the Mysterios, the Hearts, 
um, the the bloodline themselves. I, I could continue to go on uh, the Briscoes, uh, Gerald and Jack, not to mention the Briscoes of Ring of Honor fame. I mean, literally, there's so just it's a family business. It's families who come. It's families who compete. And I, I mean, this is going to be real after the bell stuff right here, but I'll, I'll, I'll shoot straight with you as a, as a kid, I saw a lot of the things that were written about my dad after his career and he never sweat them because he had been to the top, right? He had tasted it. Dusty, Dusty was one of the biggest stars in the history of the business and top five most in terms of currently still, I'd say inspirational or um, I'm not his sure influence. the word. His, his influence, footprint is yes. massive on this his entire foot, business. A hundred percent. The footprint of what he left behind is, is something. But as a kid reading some of these things, these are professional outlets that would call him like a fat slob. And stuff, as a kid, again, he didn't sweat it. And I wish I had spoke to him about it, but I sweat it. I, I took it personally. And my sister to this day, it's like Game of Thrones. You know, that's how we felt as a family. This family off, you know, this, this forgotten wrestling family. My sister to this day, Teal, she doesn't make peace with those people. That, that, she's got her list. And they, they're, they're, they're on it. And if she sees them, she's going for the jugular. You know, for me, when he passed, a lot of those people did change their tunes and a lot of things were corrected. But to me, I still look for, I would say in the simplest of terms, revenge. And part of revenge, the best part of it, the best way to really get revenge and vindicate and avenge somebody like a Dusty Rhodes from things that didn't even bother him is success. That's really it. You can call someone else names back. Um, you can bring up the past or you can actually be as kind as possible to those people, but just make sure they know you're going to run up the damn score. You're going to run it up and you're going to make sure when my daughter puts her name down somewhere, when uh, Kellen and Maris and Dylan and Dalton and Dakota do the same, that they know. The roads were uh, at the top of their field and, and good people. So, yeah, that's an answer I don't think I've ever given anybody. And I'm not, I'm not angry with anybody, but when you're an angry eight-year-old, you stay an angry 37-year-old. It's just, it doesn't leave you. It's just inherent. Yeah, you want to fix things that really don't need to be fixed. Uh, and I, one of the reasons I, I, I'm sharing this, and I know it doesn't sound great, but I will say one of the things I love about Bruce Pritchard is Bruce has been really important in my life in terms of telling me this isn't about Dusty. This is about you. You're, you're the guy. And um, that feels so unbelievably special to hear from someone who knew him because he's, he's not drawing a comparison. He's telling you. And um, he's been very good, him and Nick both. I know we don't like to shout out people and name names often, but I can, I can say throughout my rehabilitation pro- process, They've made it very much about my first name and not my last name. And uh, that helps. Angry eight-year-old aside, uh, that <laughs> helps. Mixed, you can clearly a very mixed, uh, complicated person here. You brought that forward a few days ago, the, the first name versus the last name. Why was now the time to do that for you, Cody? I, because I think it's, 
I think there's a lot of people who will look at the situation, you know, finish the story. And we're talking about Dusty Rhodes, 1978, the crowd thinking he won it and then it being stripped away. And that being my first dream in the business to just win this title, this title, win it and let him know I have it. Right. But circumstances have changed. Uh, that can't, that interaction can't happen, but nonetheless, it's a discredit to my story to just make it about if he was here and a lot of people hit me with the, if he was here, but don't know him, Corey knew him. If he was here, he wouldn't even want me to be saying his name. He, he would be, it's you, it's you. And that, uh, I do get it. Fathers and sons are important stories to tell. And that's why I do bring it forward. But at the end of the day, who's ever standing tall at WrestleMania, it's either Roman Reigns or potentially something could happen. We got a long way to go. Or it's Cody Rhodes. That's who's in the ring. That's, that's who's standing tall. That's who's taking the spot. That's who's the quarterback. And that's who's moving forward. And all the family, all the bloodline, his and mine, all of that is, is tuned out. For that, for that moment, it's it's your face and it's it's yours, and that's why I thought it was important to to remind folks. You know, there's it's a complicated story here. Uh, his and mine, uh, Dusty's mine, Romans, his family's very complicated and a lot of emotions. It's a rich story. It's an easy story to tell. It's an easy story to understand and get lost in. That is magic. That is what you live for. These moments where. Things just feel right where the planets seem to have aligned and you two are on a collision course for one another. Again, barring certain circumstances between now and then roads, rains, WrestleMania. Cody, I know you're an incredibly busy guy. You're, uh, you're buzzing, buzzing around WWE headquarters this week. And I'm sure you have many media appearances lined up in addition to, uh, being with your family and handling that sort of business. So I won't keep you too much longer, but I will ask before we let you go, what is something that the After the Bell listeners in the WWE universe need to know about Cody Rhodes between now and WrestleMania? I think the best way to answer that is that the work really isn't done. You got to think that winning the biggest Royal Rumble of all time, we just, I just saw the Variety article, $7.7 million gate, how healthy our, how healthy our game is. And to, to be, to be the, the photo there associated with it, that's all well and good. And that's a touchdown. But the game isn't over. Um, it's not. And I cannot allow myself to become the hunted. That's really what this is. I have been a hunter since I left and I have to stay the hunter. I can't become the hunted. Um, this is a great accolade, but I noticed with Dominic Mysterio right out of the gate, I thought we would certainly get along. Apparently not. Um, and I feel like I'm going to find that out weekly uh, with us all uh, on Monday Night Raw. And hopefully I can make my way to a lot of uh, SmackDowns as well. But I can't, I can't allow myself to become the hunted. I have to stay in the hunt as a, a fellow broadcaster from, uh, from Oklahoma, uh, once told me, uh, dogs got to hunt. And that's, that's been my men mentality. And that's, what's given me success. We talked about all the reasons why I might still be angry when I don't have many reasons to be, but that anger helps. And, uh, the best place to put it out there is in front of the WWE universe, in front of wrestling fans competing in the highest level of matches. Like I had this past week, uh, with Finn Balor. Um, that's what they should expect. The work's not done. Uh, they get to watch me do the work right in front of them. There you have it straight from the American nightmares mouth. Cody, thank you so much for your time and good luck on the rest of your journey. I'm looking forward to being there ringside every step of the way. Thank you guys so much, Kevin. 
Keep at it, bro. Thank you, Cody. Vic Great still sucks, you. by the way. <laughs> Stop Vic it. Vic is a real just, he's just not like, I don't know, like. He's a bad guy. Creeps me out almost, <laughs> right? That's worse than being a bad guy if you get creeped out. <laughs> I get a real creepy vibe from Vic. But guys, thank you so much. KP, what an unbelievable conversation with an unbelievable human being, Cody Rose. And this is why After the Bell is so special. To pull back the curtain in the way that he did and let us inside and the inside on his father, Dusty Rhodes, on his wife, Brandy Rhodes. That was a special chat. That was a real honor, wasn't it? To, to no, sit no with Cody Rhodes it. a few days after winning the Royal Rumble uh, with WrestleMania, you know, ahead for him. That was truly special. Uh, Cody is a special, always had a special place in my heart. He's always been kind to me. And of course, his father, the American dream means as much to me as anybody I've encountered in my career. So, so there's a lot of real feelings and emotions on, on both sides of the call. And, and that also comes through when we're calling Monday Night Raw or, or the premium live events. When I'm calling Cody matches now, it's something still I've only gotten to do a handful of times in my career. But there, there's a lot of real genuine feelings and emotion uh, when Cody's out there, it comes through your screen and, and it makes my job a hell of a lot more fun uh, when you have that sort of connection with the superstar. No, without a doubt. Monday night, I mean, the main event for us was fun. It was Absolutely. fun. Think of it. You, you, someone as talented as Finn Balor and Cody Rhodes returning to Raw for the first time in eight months and then Edge comes out. Like, that is fun. That, you and I are so privileged to be in that position. You know, I certainly think I am anyway. But as you mentioned, 15 weeks in the job to experience Cody's return like that was phenomenal. I want to talk to you a little bit more about your experience this past Saturday night in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. You weren't ringside with us calling the action, but you were there in a little more of a fan capacity. What was going through your mind? We keep referencing what could change between now and WrestleMania. On paper, it looks as though we are going to get the American Nightmare versus the Tribal Chief at the showcase of the Immortals. But the closing moments of the Royal Rumble are what you and I and most of the WWE universe were buzzing about for the several days after. That being the betrayal. Sami Zayn turning his back on the bloodline. The live reaction I will never, ever forget. That was one of the loudest moments I've ever been privy to in my career. And and I'm reminded of most of them right off the top of my head, but that is immediately right up there. Sami swinging the chair. It looks as though you would have to imagine Sami Zayn is going to present a speed bump of some sort for Roman Reigns on Roman's path to WrestleMania. If he wants to. Should he so desire? There are so many questions. We were left Saturday night as spectacular as the moment was. And Pat McAfee, Michael Cole, and myself didn't need to say a word. Because when wrestling is done perfectly well, it always reminds me of the Beyond the Mat documentary where they interviewed Mr. McMahon, who said, we're not in the wrestling business. Then he weirdly swished his water around his mouth in an uncomfortable fashion (laughs) before saying, we make movies. And the last 10 minutes of that premium live event broadcast was as organic and compelling as anything WWE has done maybe ever. The culmination of a months-long, rich, deep story that everybody was emotionally invested in. It was beautiful. As barbaric as it was, as brutal as it was, the beatdowns, and and hats off to Kevin Owens, who took an ass beating on Saturday night, but just kept fighting. That None of that happens without Kevin Owens bringing the fight to the Tribal Chief, opening the door for Sami Zayn to swing the steel chair. And and so I I started to ask you a question, then I went off to pontificate, as I I tend to do. What was your reaction in that moment? 
Well, you said culmination. I mean, this is the intriguing part, right? I cannot wait until Friday Night Smackdown, which is tonight on Fox, to see what the latest is, you know, in this storyline. My reaction, I suppose I was stunned in many ways, and yet again, I wasn't. There were so many times over the last few months where I thought, Sammy's got that moral compass that I'm not too sure the others have. Sammy's got such a rich history and friendship and love for Kevin Owens deep down that when is this going to play out when he, when he has to turn on, uh, on Roman Reigns? And when Reigns stepped forward with Kevin Owens and presented that opportunity, and again, you talk about making movies, let's be fair here. The camera work, the direction from the WWE staff in the truck, right? Our, our, our director, our producer was outrageously good because you saw Roman step forward and then you could see the eyes of Sami Zayn wondering, is this my moment and do I take this shot? The level of trepidation in the face of Sami Zayn was there for all to see. And then the shot of the Usos. And instantly you're seeing a slightly different reaction between Jay and Jimmy. You know, Jimmy's got that, oh, you're done. You are done. Jay's got that, why did you do that to me? Because Jay had just defended Sammy in the tribal court a few days earlier. Jay had put his neck out there for Sammy. This goes back to what we always talk about, KP, about the importance of having definable, discernible, strong, deep characters. And what we've seen over the last year plus and, and the evolution of what has become the bloodline, the, the hottest faction in the game, is the bloodline as a brand continues to grow stronger but it doesn't work without the cast of characters it has right now and without having a definition of who Jay Uso is versus who Jimmy Uso is. Listen, Jimmy going down with an injury and missing all that time, allowing for main event Jay Uso to become a, a superstar in his own right, now adds a fresh dynamic within the tag team champions. Jimmy and Jay seem to be at odds. Uh, you've got the wise man who plays his role to perfection, and I promise you, someday... And I don't know this to be factual, but I would bet a lot of money that someday when a book is written or when the tell-all is, is released, Paul Heyman probably has his hands a little deeper into this monstrosity than anybody realizes. Heyman is truly the wise man as pertains to this. But the piece de resistance, the, the linchpin of the bloodline has been Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns is not new to the WWE Universe. Roman Reigns, we have watched evolve from the shield to good guy to good guy that nobody really wanted to like to the tribal chief, the head of the table, and undeniable, and you heard it from Cody Rhodes himself, say that Roman Reigns is the biggest superstar in the space. Cody realizes that because, and this is from where I sit, Now I've had a great relationship with most of the bloodline for, for most of my career. I mean, the Usos dad, Rikishi gave me one of my first big breaks. We talked about it a lot, what that family, what the bloodline means to me, much like Dusty Rhodes is, is integral into who I am today as a, as a performer and as a, a talent. Roman Reigns fully became Roman Reigns. There is no more Joe. And I mean that from when you don't see Roman on, on camera, obviously in front of the camera, he's captivating. He is larger than life. But Roman is the tribal chief. The bloodline does run things. There is no more, hey, everybody, uh, oh, nice guy, buddy, buddy. What you see on screen works so well because there is so much reality behind everything Heyman says, everything Roman does. I mentioned something about power on Saturday night. That's what it's all about. Yes, it's about the championships, but it's about the power that is wielded. 
in holding those titles and having that stacked roster, that family bond that has made the bloodline so magical and so special. And KP, hear me out for a second. I think that the bloodline in some incarnation could be a decade long, if not permanent fixture within the halls of WWE. Think about this. Right now, it's the hottest it's ever been, and it's continuing to heat up. And I don't see it cooling off at any time. Maybe Sammy is the, the wedge that splits the bloodline. Who knows? But again, there's so much risk, rich history, and I say it all the time. They are as deep as they are dangerous. What happens five years down the line when maybe Roman Reigns decides to go to Hollywood? Does that mean we just can't have the bloodline anymore? Or do we see a Jimmy or a Jay or a Solo or a who knows which generation will be up and running by that point? Is there a power struggle within the bloodline? Who is the next to sit at the head of the table? It's natural. It's, it's the movie Succession. It's Game of Thrones. It is all this drama and all this relatability and understandability all wrapped in one neat package with a blood red bow on it that is just chock full of money-making superstars. The bloodline could last forever. The British royal family. Right. You, you, you can have that fracture within. Like, look at, look at what's going on with Harry right now. Like, you yeah. can have that. And we, we don't know how this is going to play out. One thing I never thought of, which I'm delighted you brought it forward, and it's, it's so obvious, is that Jimmy and Jay are tag team champions. They are record-setting tag team champions. And yet they're at odds right now. You know, you, you, you've got to wonder who's going to be chomping at the bit to get stuck in there. But you bring in a, a brilliant point about the fact that this, this could very well be around forever. It's just special. You know what I mean? Like, much like Cody even acknowledged it, and we, we can't help but acknowledge it, no pun intended. The bloodline and everything happening right now, including Sami Zayn, is just special. It's a moment in time that will be replayed over years and years and years because people around the globe will remember how they felt and how they reacted the night Sami Zayn stuck the dagger in the back of the tribal chief. Et to Sami, it was poetic. It was beautiful. I cannot wait to see how it plays out. And lucky for you and me, KP, we're going to have some of the best seats in the house. We most certainly will. Can I bring up one more thing before we go? Please. We talk about families within wrestling, right? One family that was dragged through the mud on Monday night. Could you believe what you were hearing from Bailey with Seth Rollins being dragged oh, through alongside Becky oh. Lynch? I couldn't believe what I was hearing. You know, he only married you because you, you got knocked up. What? I'm, I'm all for a, a good, uh, a good cheap shot. Let's go right for the throat. I dig it. I like it. <laughs> Bring on that steel it. cage match between Becky and Bailey this coming Monday. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of heat there. Yeah, I cannot wait to see that unfold. Finally, everybody can relax. Slow your Twitter thumbs down and enjoy this coming Monday night on Raw from Orlando where it all began. Bailey, Becky Lynch inside of a steel cage and we will have you covered in the aftermath next week. Make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on all of your social media platforms. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you are listening and uh, we'll be back next week with more wisdom more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell.